This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Holla at Chibble. The sports world, the sports world doesn't wait on anybody. Man, the news just keep on coming. I had a nice outline for the show and then stuff keep happening and here we go. I mean, wow. See, I already got to edit my notes. See, I'm forgetting stuff. Anyway, the start right here. Steve Nash got hired by the Nets yesterday. Came out of nowhere. I was shocked. I was like, huh? The Steve Nash? What? I didn't even know he was interested in coaching. I had no idea. But then you think about it. People have gone this route before. Tons of people have gone this point guard, legendary point guard route before. The Nets just had Jason Kidd a few years ago. The Warriors hired Mark Jackson with limited experience. The Lakers hired Magic Johnson with limited experience. So maybe this isn't as far-fetched as I thought. And also, the Steve Nash worked with the Warriors during their championship run. I don't think he was on the bench as a coach, but he worked with them in some form or fashion. So I'm sure KD has something to do with this. They're trying to imitate the Golden State Warriors because they got Steve Kerr. They're trying to avoid being the Knicks who had Derek Fisher. The NBA must be a copycat league because that's crazy, man. They just hired Steve Nash out of nowhere. Let's see how he does. Let's see how he does. I don't know. I, I'm just going to just sit back and see what happens. Just like with Steve Kerr and Derek Fisher, same thing when they got hired. I was shocked. I had a similar reaction. But you see how they did. And now Steve Kerr is one of the best coaches in the league. Derek Fisher is bouncing around. I think he's in the WNBA now. So you just never know. You just got to sit back and watch. And you got to see what kind of players he has and how he does with those players. If the Nets win a title, no one's going to say anything. Everyone's going to be like, man, the Nets were geniuses. Man, Steve Nash is like that. And it's going to be more copycatting, more copying each other. And the next big point guard, when, when Chris Paul retires or something, someone's probably going to try to hire him. Watch. That's probably the next legendary point guard someone's going to try to hire. Also, Isaiah Thomas was a coach. Ty Lue is a coach. He's not even really a legend. He's a legend for getting stepped over by Iverson and being a role player on the three-peat Lakers. But <laughs> but he's oh, he was a point guard that played in the NBA and had success. So, boom, hey. He got in some coaching circles, and he got that head coaching job. I guess this, that's just where the league is headed. Well, I can't just say that's where the league is headed. That's just what the league does sometimes. They see a really a, a legendary point guard or a solid NBA point guard that goes into interviews and know what they're talking about. They're gonna hire him. That's what I'm. That's what I'm noticing. That's what it looks like the Nets did. I think regardless, as long as you don't have an awful coach, the Nets are going to at least be a top four seed in the NBA. Not just the NBA, but the East. They're going to at least be top two in the East. At least. Assuming everyone's healthy, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with that roster. Other news, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette got released by the Jaguars. 
everyone's shocked, especially since he was over a thousand yards last year. And it seems like he was going to be their best player on the team. I was like, why would they let go of their best player? I know the Jaguars are rumored to be tanking for Trevor Lawrence, but then you have Jaguar fans saying, no, we got Gardner Minshew. We don't need Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, if you lose about 14, 15 games, you're going to want Trevor Lawrence. I'm just saying. But they let him go. I think it's I think maybe he doesn't fit their scheme. Maybe they're trying to go in a different direction and they feel like they're paying him too much money for him to get less carries and he doesn't get along with the staff and they've been trying to trade him. Maybe it's a money move. You can't sit there and tell me the rest of the people on that roster are better or even close to Leonard Fournette. You can't sit here and tell me that. It had to have been a money move. It had to have been a culture move. That's what I'm thinking. But then this man gets picked up by the Buccaneers. Talking about a real good place to land on your feet. Tom Brady, Gronk, Bruce Arians, Brian Leftwich. Oh, man. <laughs> that team is loaded. That team is lo- They got Dominican Sue on the other side. Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Bruh, and now they add Leonard Fournette. The Saints might be in trouble, but I think the Saints will still edge them. But still, I, I'm telling you, man, you got to look out for the Buccaneers. They are at minimum a wild card team. And I love the Leonard Fournette pickup. Just adds another dimension to their offense. Shut down the pass, we could power run it. Shut down the run, we're just going to air it out. Bruh, it's, they're going to be tough to stop. Now, if they can play defense, it's a wrap. They got Sue and Barnett. If they can get that pass rush going, over. It's over. Look out, NFC. Uh, and more news. Adrian Peterson got cut by the Washington sitcom. The Washington football team, a.k.a. the sitcom. This isn't even funny. I'm like, uh, it's just sad. I'm like, damn, man, they let go of my mans, dog. They let go AD, the cyborg. Why would they? Ah, I know why. Shout out to Grant and Danny from 1067 The Fan for making this make sense. I mean, you look at the move and like, huh? Make that make sense. Make that make sense. And these guys did. They basically said um, Antonio Gibson's having a really good camp. They drafted him out of Memphis. He's having a good camp. Bryce Love is having a good camp. So they're trying to go younger. And it seems like Adrian Peterson's role is a little bit limited. Sounds like to me... They're trying to pass the ball a little more, and they're trying to, um, I guess, maybe do more screens and more, maybe maybe an RPO or something. Or maybe they need they want their backs to catch the ball a little bit more. That's probably the direction they're going. So they're going to take the ball out of Adrian Peterson's hands. They're, their backfield is loaded. I mean, no, there's no superstars in that backfield. But, I mean, you got Antonio Gibson. Bryce Love, J.D. McKissick, Peyton Barber. Lord Jesus, they they got that that running that running back room was packed. I guess somebody had to go. You can only have fifty three people on the team, so maybe that's the direction they're going. 
they are really hyping up Antonio Gibson. So for the Washington sitcom's sake, he better be good. Because if not, got to clown him. Because they hyped this guy up big time. We'll see. If he's as good as they say he is, then Antonio Gibson will be like Miles Sanders. He'll emerge. He'll make some big plays late in the year. And then he'll outright start next year. That's what it looks like. That he's having a Miles Sanders impact. We just got to see it to believe it. I don't know who's going to emerge in that crowded running back room as the clear-cut starter who's going to get most of the touches. I think they're just going to use the guys here and there. They're just going to, like, maybe do a committee and do different things with the guys. That's what it looks like they're trying to do. I'm disappointed they got rid of all day Adrian Peterson. But, hey, is Ron Rivera's team? It's North Turner's son's offense, and that's the direction they wanted to go. I don't know who's going to pick up Adrian Peterson. Who needs a running back this late in the season? I think it's a type of thing where Adrian Peterson going to have to be on standby because, like, people get hurt, especially when there's no preseason and you kind of got started late in the process of getting ready for the season. Someone's probably going to get hurt, and then that's when you sign Adrian Peterson. I think that's that's what's going to happen. It's just sad, man. I'm telling you, this this move by the Washington football team was foreshadowed to me by Madden because I took them just to switch things up. I took them in my online Madden league, uh, online Madden league, shout out to LCL, Last Chance League. I took the Washington football team just just out of curiosity. And I wanted to play with Chase Young, who is struggling, by the way, in, in Madden, but that's it's Madden. Like, don't don't take that seriously. So I took the Washington sitcom and so far made some big moves. I traded away Deron Payne. And I got Earl Thomas. But I had to cut about 12 people. One of the people they suggested I cut was Adrian Peterson. I was like, huh? Why would I cut my starting running back? And I think the world of Adrian Peterson. But they said I would save $200,000 in cap room. I thought about it for a brief second. But then I was like, hmm. I was like, nah, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. So I looked at the roster. I was like, let me cut Peyton Barber. And I cut Peyton Barber and kept Adrian Peterson. That's my guy, man. I can't just let him go. I'm not Ron Rivera. Are you kidding me? I'm just sad. But the fact that that came up should have told me that that was a possibility. That was a possibility with the Washington football team. Because if it wasn't, it would have never came up as a suggestion. That's crazy, man. Well, he's starting on my team and I'm gonna we gonna we're gonna ride it out one more one more year, maybe two more years. We'll see. Pause, 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 pause. <laughs> All pause. But okay, Madden in general. So Madden in general, like it's pretty much the same as last year. The game plays a little bit better. And, you know, you got all new uh, font formats and color schemes. And you got the yard. The yard. I love the yard. That is awesome. Um, it's probably more fun if you play with friends. 
But I have to build my character up. I like how you get to customize your avatar. That's pretty cool. The online server crashes get on my nerves. They haven't done a thing to franchise. That gets on my nerves because I had a frustrating time dealing with the trades. I'll talk about that later. Or maybe not. <laughs> uh, it's just, I'm just not that impressed. But I'm not hating like most of these people playing the game. They're just angry at EA. Just play the game, bro. Just play. I'm still going to play. This game may be underwhelming, but I'm still going to play. So, also, I've been playing flat, uh, fantasy football. I finally started drafting for fantasy football. So far, so good. I think. So, I got two teams. I got two teams. I got a Yahoo team. I got an ESPN team. I got a draft coming up and then another draft that's in the works a.k.a. the most important one with my college friends. That's the most important one. That's the one I really want to win. But we haven't set a date. I'm sitting up here waiting. Um, I got two fantasy uh, teams with people I went to high school with. I got a fantasy team with with some random folks from ESPN. I see where I'm trying to go. It just depends on the points and how the format of the league. The random league I did on ESPN, that was PPR. So I started looking at projected receptions from running backs and receivers and tight ends. That's how I drafted. Receptions and targets. Who Who is projected to have the most targets? Who is projected to have the most receptions that's how i drafted the whole draft so it kind of looked different from see that's the type of draft you gotta have a christian mccaffrey or dalvin cook or a kamara or michael thomas like you gotta have like one of those guys in a ppr draft like that because every reception is a point every reception is a point so that's important when you're drafting in ppr you got to draft people who have a high number of targets, high number of receptions. So, hey. Oh, and I picked Tom Brady in that league. Huh, might as well. With Jared Goff as a backup. That's not bad. That's not bad. Now, in the Yahoo League, I didn't look up the rules. I didn't look up the type of scoring. I just draft like I normally draft. I got my favorites at quarterback. I got Carson Wentz. I got Baker Mayfield. Boy, I reached so hard for Baker Mayfield. I could have got Baker Mayfield in the last two or three rounds. But I reached for him and got him, I don't know, six or seven spots away from the end. Like, I got him in, like, the middle rounds. That was definitely a reach. I definitely didn't need to reach that far. But, hey, I got Travis Kelsey. I kind of reached for him, too. But, hey, you want one of the elite tight ends, you're going to have to reach. That's what I'm noticing. Uh, I missed out on the Bears' defense by one person. I missed out on Leonard Fournette. But, hey, I I think in one of my leagues I got Terry McLaurin. He's going to be a surprise, I'm telling you. I got Cam Akers and... 
both leagues. I don't know much about him, but his projections look good, and it looks like he's a double threat to run and receive the ball. That is perfect. That is perfect. I might end up picking him on another team. I might end up picking him on another team. Uh, I missed out on Miles Sanders. I was definitely looking to draft him in the second one, in the second draft, but I didn't. Yeah, I watched Carson Wentz because he's already getting hurt. I kind of want to pick Jalen Hurts, but I don't know if I want to waste a draft pick on him. I'm going to just wait till waiver wires. I got to make sure I'm always on top of that because – they will snatch him up in a heartbeat. So I got to make sure when the time comes, if, if Carson Wentz gets hurt, I got to make sure I'm ready to go and get Jalen Hurts. Dang, who, who else I miss out on? See, I almost drafted Adrian Peterson. I almost did. But I was like, nah. I think someone took him before I could get to him. But thank goodness I didn't because you saw what happened today. And I don't know who's going to pick him up. He ain't Leonard Fournette. That's my guy, but he's not Leonard Fournette. Hey, I, it's fantasy football season. I can't wait. Uh, another thing, I'm going to start looking today. I need to look for a good daily fantasy sports podcast. Not a regular fantasy sports podcast. A daily fantasy sports podcast. Because week to week, I'm going to be playing DraftKings. I'm going to be playing FanDuel. So I need to make sure... I, you know, I get some tips and I get some, um, I get some tips and I get some, um, guidance on what I should do. Or maybe I could just make my own daily fantasy sports podcast. (laughs) Oh man, that would be a lot of work, but Hey, maybe it'll help me. Maybe it'll help me. Or I could just add it to this podcast. Hey, you know what the old folks say? Be the change you want to see. (laughs) And the change I want to see is a good daily fantasy sports podcast. Hey, maybe, maybe I'll add that. Maybe I'll add that as part of the show and make those like one off episodes. Kind of like, kind of like the interviews I do. It could be like, I tried it last year, but I kind of did. I didn't stick with it. I tried it last year, but I didn't stick with it. Uh, The easy way to go is just find a podcast that covers daily fantasy sports. But you know, last year I tried to start that that type of um, one-off to the show called Your Fantasy Team is Trash. Because it probably is trash, by the way. But I didn't stick with it. (laughs) I didn't stick with it. So we'll see. Just stay tuned for that. I'll probably go the lazy route and just find somebody else who covers daily fantasy sports. So now, game seven. So game sevens. We had two game sevens this past week. You had the Nuggets and the Jazz. That's the one I was most hyped about. Because Jamal Murray went Clay Thompson against OKC and Houston against... um. The Jazz. Like, he straight up went ham. He had, what, 50? Dog. Dude was unbelievable. But he choked in Game 7. The real hero of Game 7 was uh, Jokic and also Gary Harris because Gary Harris, at the end of the game, end of the game, Nuggets up two, they weren't stopping Donovan Mitchell. 
they hadn't stopped him all series. There was a big stretch in Game 7 where the Nuggets had a big lead, like 15, 20 points. Donovan Mitchell was on the bench, kind of. Then he came back in the game, started doing what he was doing. Then they, then the Jazz gained control of the lead, and I was like, oh, here we go again. The Nuggets fought some clutch buckets from Jokic, and then you get to this moment, 78-78. I'm almost for certain that Donovan Mitchell is going to score. No. Gary Harris pokes him from behind. Pause. Pause. <laughs> Gary Harris steals the ball. Gets it to uh, Murray. I don't know why he didn't dribble out the clock. I don't know why he didn't kick it out so they can dribble it out, make them foul, go up four, and then game's over. This guy, I think at the moment, I was like, okay, cool. Put it away with this layup. But then after I processed it and thought about it, I was like, wait a minute. That was stupid, especially since Torrey Craig missed the layup. If you believe in the basketball gods, even the basketball gods knew that was stupid. So they had to make sure that layup didn't go in. So I was like, it serves them right if Mike Conley makes this three. And it's funny because uh, Donovan Mitchell cherry picked and he was wide open, but they didn't pass it to him. But. Conley still had a great look. When he let it go, I was like, oh, this is going in. It didn't go in, and I just, I was like, oh. My heart was beating fast. I was like, dang, bro. That's a terrible way to lose. They were so close. That game, that game made me wonder. In game sevens, there are some, like, bad shooting performances. Like, there are some low scores and bad shooting. An 80-78 to 78 game in 2020? That's because no, no one was shooting the ball very well. They weren't making threes. I think um, Murray was, like, one for nine from three. I, I'm freestyling, but he didn't make many. He made maybe one or two threes, and he's a three-point specialist. No one was hitting from the outside. So that's how you got that type of game, but it was still fun. It was still fun to watch, and if you're just a fan of basketball, you were just thankful for that game. It was so much drama. Speaking of drama, the Rockets and the Thunder. Now, when I did the NBA playoff bracket on NBA.com, when I filled that in, when I did the bracket challenge, I had the Thunder winning in seven. I barely believed it. I was like, somehow, some way, the Thunder are going to not only push this to seven, but steal the series. And I was almost right. I was almost right. The Rockets were the better team. But I knew that the Thunder was going to hang in there. And hang in there they did. And they got it to a point where they were down two. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened here. But Dort got blocked. He got his shot blocked against the Rockets. That's the thing. James Harden blocked his shot. We kill him for his defense. I know I've been laughing at his defense for years. He made that block. And that was the difference in the game. The Rockets out-hustled. And they made clutch defensive plays against the Thunder to win the game and that's not something you know the Rockets for but it's something different with this group and they were able to fight and scrap 
See, that's why I gave the edge to the Thunder when I filled out the bracket challenge because I thought they had that advantage over the Rockets, that they were grittier, they were tougher, and they were better defensively. So I was assuming that that was going to give them the edge in Game 7, but it turned out that's what gave the Rockets the edge. But if you're a Thunder fan, like, oh, and by the way, I don't know what happened on that last play where you decide to throw it to um, Steven Adams after a timeout. Steven Adams at the top of the key, and the Rockets just collapsed on it and game over. I The Rockets' defense was spectacular. It was spectacular. If they can play defense like that, the Lakers are in trouble. But I still got the Lakers winning in six. Hey, but we'll see, though. Those game sevens were dope. And, hey, the beat goes on. The beat goes on. Um, these games, even the the um, second round games in the Eastern Conference, the first round games in the Eastern Conference were a joke. But the last two Eastern Conference semifinal games were exciting back and forth and had dramatic endings. Like, with the, with the whole... With the whole shooting foul thing, with the Bucks and the Heat, if Kyle Korver didn't have that egregious suit shooting foul earlier that resulted in a flagrant, maybe the refs don't call it so tight at the end of the game, which might have saved the Bucks from going down 2-0. Hey, I don't know. That was a dramatic ending. And then you had the Celtics and the Raptors. I don't know how... The Raptors let someone get a dunk, a wide-open dunk, at the end of the game. I don't know how. And then I don't know how the, the Celtics allow OG Anubi and Anubi to hit a corner three, cross-court pass, corner three to win the game. It's just, oh, my God, just inexcusable defensive plays from both teams. But great TV. Great entertainment. You got to love it. You got to love it. And now let's go to the D.C. Sports Carousel. The Washington Nationals are getting on my nerves. No, I can't say that. I'm just done. I'm just frustrated. I'm done. They're in Capitals territory. I just wipe my hands. I just throw up my hands and I'm done. Or am I? Because what gave me a slimmer of hope is looking at the standings. The NL, unlike unlike the usual year, they're allowing eight teams in the playoffs. That's three more wildcard teams. I'll look at the standings. As bad as the Nationals are and have been, and by the way, they're losing again to the Braves. They, they've lost five straight. I don't know what they're doing. No, they haven't lost five straight. They lost six straight. What are these guys doing? I know we don't have Strasburg. We don't have... No, we have Doolittle. We don't we don't have Strasburg. We're missing some key people from last year like Zimmerman and Rendon. And some people aren't playing as well as they are last year. Uh Howie Kendrick and Cabrera are inconsistent. Soto and Turner are carrying us. Everybody else either sucks or they're inconsistent. And then the pitching just don't show up. I mean Scherzer and Corbin are having down years. And then the rest of them guys, oh, my God. Anibal Sanchez, it took him damn near a month just to get his first win. I don't even I don't even know if he has a win yet. He came out the gate slow. This is crazy. They are 12 and 23, and they've lost six straight. However, 
like I said earlier, before I went off on that tangent, they are five games back of the eighth spot with 25 games to go. That doesn't look good, but it's not impossible. Like, the odds are not impossible. Here's how I think they'll get the AFC. They'll have to go 500. They'll have to be 30 and 30. They have to finish 30 and 30. At the bare minimum, they have to go 16 and 9 the rest of the way to be 28 and 32. And if they're 28 and 32, I believe they'll sneak in and get that A spot and then get that rematch with the Dodgers. I don't know if they're going to beat the Dodgers this time because the key to beating the Dodgers Back in 2019, we had Strasburg. There is no Strasburg. The starting pitching isn't as good as last year. The bullpen, the bullpen's a tiny bit better, but it's not like we're not beating the Dodgers. Not this year. But I would still like to see them in the playoffs. But in order for them to be in the playoffs, they're going to have to win the vast majority of their games. They're going to have to win three out of four of all their series remaining. They got four games against Tampa Bay. They got eight games against Atlanta. They got four games against the Phillies. They got four games against the Mets. They got five games against the Marlins. They have to win at least three of all of those, bro. They're going to have to sweep some people. It's going to be hard. But if they want to make the playoffs, that's how they're going to have to play. That's what they did last year to get in the playoffs last year. They're going to have to do it again with a less talented team. The odds are against us, but hey, maybe I can have a little slim of hope. What did the Bible say? If you got the faith of a mustard seed, you got to just have faith of a mustard seed. That's all you need. That's what it's probably going to take. Because, man, these guys, man. Oh, my God. They're the second worst team in the NL. They're five games back. Of the last wild card spot. They're seven games back of, I think, Miami. They're nine games back of the Braves. What the hell, bro? What the hell? Look, listen. That's a huge mountain to climb, and they're losing to the Braves right now. Dog, this ain't looking good, but there is some hope. Some. Some. They're going to have to get it together. They're going to have to find some pitching. The Mystics... Speaking of trying to get in the playoffs, they got six games left. They're like the second or third worst team in the league. That's another situation where the top eight teams make it, and they're not that far away from eighth, but they're a little closer than the Nationals. They got six games left, and they're a game and a half back. Here's my thing, though. Here's the rest of their schedule. Now, in no order, they got Chicago, they got the Sparks, they got Minnesota, they got the Liberty, they got the Dream, and they got the Wings. The Dallas Wings has the A spot. You must beat them. The Dream are just as bad as we are. Our only win since we started 3-0. and You must beat them. The Liberty are trash. They have only won like one or two games. You must beat them. And one of them wins was against us somehow with aerial powers. So you must beat them. You must beat Dallas, Atlanta, New York. You got to beat them. Then you must win at least one, at least one of the games against Chicago, 
the Sparks, and Minnesota. It's not impossible, especially since we almost beat Phoenix, and Phoenix is like a top three team. We didn't even do that bad against the Storm who got their revenge against us. Them not making them making the playoffs doesn't seem that far fetched, but they got a ton of injuries. They got a ton of people who ain't gonna really be getting minutes next year. Just gonna have to wait and see. No aerial powers too. Mmm, that's a tough one. But if you can at least beat those teams, beat those three beatable teams, if you can at least win against those guys, Dallas, New York. And Atlanta, we got a chance. They got a chance. Um, We'll see. I don't think they're going to beat Chicago. I hope they do, but I don't think so. They're they're the worst out of the three good teams they got to play. It's still going to be tough, though. So what we got now? Uh, D.C. United beat New York Red Bull. You know, if you're a D.C. United fan, you do not like the New York Red Bull. DC United hasn't won a game since March, but they did just win not too long ago against the New York Red Bull. Out of all the teams you want to beat, you beat them. Season made. What? Been terrible all season, but we beat the New York Red Bull. Dog, that's just like Howard losing all those games. But, hey, they beat Hampton, though. It's the same thing. Isn't it great to suck all season, but you beat your rivals? Man, props to DC United. I I, I love it, guys. Thanks thanks for giving your fans something to smile about. It just makes us happy. Makes us smile nice. (laughs) Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Uh, Okay, okay. All right, all right. (laughs) All right. So now we're off. To the Sooner Schooner. Now it's time to ride the Sooner Schooner. To to the surprise of no one, Spencer Rattler is starting. Definitely starting. No surprise. And one tweet said that it wasn't even close that Tanner Mordecai missed a lot of training camp or two-a-days. That's all I needed to hear. We, we're we not surprised. Spencer Rattler is like that. He was supposed to start. He was uh, he was anointed as the next as the next great Oklahoma quarterback. So now it's time. It's time. The time has come. It's a shame we won't get to see him against Army or Tennessee. But, hey, let's see what he does in the Big 12, especially against Texas and Oklahoma State. That's, that's the most important. Also, there's some kickoff times. OU Texas is 11 a.m. Shocker. Big deal. Uh, Haven't haven't told my friend this yet, but plan to go to Columbus to watch OU Texas. We'll see. We're going to try to make that happen. Whatever game that is before Texas is 11 a.m. I think it's Kansas State, maybe TCU. I don't know. That That's 11 a.m. The Missouri State game is pay-per-view and is at 7. Now, will I buy the pay-per-view? I'm on defense. It's $55. I haven't been really taking care of my money lately. I haven't really been managing my finances very well. So $55 seemed like a lot. But I follow a lot of OU people, a lot of OU fans, and uh, 
the peer pressure might get me into buying it, even though I've never bought pay-per-view. I don't know if the DC Sooner Club, the OU Alumni Club, I don't think they're going to meet for the game, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to look into it. If they're meeting for the game, I'll watch it with them. But if they're not meeting for the game, I'm left with a decision. Do I want to buy the pay-per-view or do I not want to buy the pay-per-view? Or do I want to take the middle ground and just hope for, um, or just hope for like bootlegs and stuff? Hey, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Probably next Saturday when the game actually happens. So here we go. That was the Sooner Schooner. Hey, I'm excited for OU football. I'm going to talk more about it once we get to it. Oh, by the way, nope, before I'm going to hop back on Sooner Schooner. I'm not ready to get off yet. Parnell Motley made the Buccaneers. Congrats to him. He comes from D.C. just like me. He went to OU just like me. The only difference is he actually played on the team and made a difference for four years. And his last year was his best year. The thing I always liked about Parnell Motley, he is a dog. Like, he is a dog. He is, like, he doesn't take any shit. Like, he fights, he competes. And I just like his attitude. So he probably took that in the Bucks camp, especially because he was undrafted. That probably really made him mad. So he probably worked his tail off, and he made the roster. Congrats. I really wish him the much success. He's on a loaded team. I heard he was picking off Brady. Oh man, I oh man, that must be that must have been a dream come true. I, man, I'm so happy for him. I hope he continues to work his way up the depth chart. And before I continue, why the hell was Rachel Bonetta dancing on Fox Bet Live? Fox Bet Live, <laughs> and she got on highlight green pants. Girl, what what the hell, girl? Anyway, Parnell Motley, man. Congrats, bro. I, I really wish you the best. You should have got drafted. I don't know what these fools were doing, but the Bucks got you. You're on a team that has a good chance of winning a, a ring, and you might get a ring off the jump. We'll see. Just keep working your way up, and hopefully you end up starting because I'd love to see it. Hey, Speed D, baby, Speed D. Now let me hop off the Sooner Schooner and get into these power rankings. So the top and bottom five overall life power rankings. So let's start with the top five. Uh, Honorable mention, DC United beating New York Red Bull. Loved it. Uh, Chris Paul's shoes had the Clark Atlanta shoes. They were vicious. Uh, fantasy football i love doing these drafts and i'm excited about what's to come hopefully things go well number the adam vosting interview i loved it i loved it that was the last interview i did check it out on anchor eventually i'm going to come up with a link tree with all the platforms that my podcast is on so check it out check out that interview it was a good one he talks about his dog and hockey Uh, he talks about his travel he travels and watches sports while he travels. That is me. That is me. I love doing that. He's living what I want to do, just without the dog. You know, I'm not really a dog person, but his dog sounds so cool. And I hope the dog gets into the Hall of Fame. Shout out to Hall and the Pup, man. 
Shout out to Hall and the Pup for show. Uh, number four, my body feeling better. I've been doing sprints lately. My knee is holding up. My back is holding up. My hand feels okay. So now I'm starting to turn it up a bit. Starting to do more sprints. Starting to do more running. Starting to play a little basketball. So things are getting back to normal. And that's that's uh, picking up my spirit. And I love it. Number three, finishing the podcast tourney. Podcast tourney number one. I just did an episode on it. It'll, it'll have the breakdown of how I did that tournament. It was fun. It was fun. It was a tournament set up by the Bracketeers. They did polls of all the up-and-coming podcasts that entered into the tournament. That was so much fun. Uh, I don't know. It took a while, though, to listen to all those podcasts. I listened to them while playing video games, mostly. I'm glad I finally done. I'm looking to do the second bracket. Probably will start on the second bracket sometime next week. Number two, Bible talk with a family friend, Uncle Faye. Uh, our families have been, I call him Uncle Faye. He's a hes a pastor. He travels and, and preaches the word. Uh, I had to take him from his house to Fort Washington, and we were just, we eventually got into talking about the Bible, we talked about Deuteronomy, we talked about faith, we talked about Hebrews, Hebrews 11. I just loved it, and it just gave me a pickup, a, a spiritual pick-me-up. And I was just really encouraged by talking to him. I loved it. Uh, number one, the NBA Game 7s, they were so much fun to watch, so much so much drama. That's what you wish for when you watch Game 7s. That's why you watch them. I'm glad I cleared my schedule and watched them because they were fun. And that's why you love sports. That's why you watch basketball for moments like those. So bottom five, honorable mention, lust, just checking out all these girls, fantasizing. And you know what lust is. I don't have to, I don't have to explain it. Yeah, I, I don't need to explain anymore, man. Lust, lust is the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. Thinking about my dating memories good and bad and someone I used to deal with not so long ago just just uh dm me on instagram and told me they were sorry about everything and it just just opened up a can of worms just just made me feel bad about my part in it and it just just got me a little bit emotional just sucks man just keep thinking about where I went wrong in dating it's just ugh, it's just nonsense the Madden trade, that took forever. Online Madden League. Try to make a trade. Try to trade away Deron Payne for for draft picks. Took forever because Madden has this weird thing where you can't do any trades in the preseason week one. You have to wait till week four. And you can't do this and you can't do this. Or the trade won't go through. And it's just, I can't stand it. It's, it's annoying. Just... Getting me frustrated with Madden when I don't need to be. Number five, procrastination, underachieving, not getting things done. I'm getting better with the procrastination thing, but it's just, it's always been a problem. It's always a lot of people's problem. I just got to work on it, man. It's, it's, it's probably forever going to be an issue, but the better I can get with it, 
the more beneficial it'll be in my life. Oh, and I just noticed on Fox Bet, bet there's no Clay Travis. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Anyway, uh, number four, Eagles injuries. Jalen Rager's banged up. Andre Diller's out for the season. I'm an Eagles fan, not a Washington sitcom fan, if you didn't know. Dillard's hurt. Brooks is hurt. Rager is hurt. Carson Wentz is hurt. Who's next? Who's next? This is crazy. Man, we can't start that again. Alshon Jeffries hurt again. Miles Sanders is hurt again. Man, can these guys stay healthy? Because if these guys can stay healthy, they are a surefire playoff team. In my opinion, they are at bare minimum a wild card team, but I got them winning the division. But can they stay healthy? Because these Carson Wentz heroics, listen, I don't know if it's going to happen this year. If he has to carry a, a injury-depleted squad this year, it's not going to happen. So got to get these guys healthy and get these guys ready to go. And whoever's stepping up on the O-line, they got to be ready to go. Because Brooks and Dillard, they ain't coming back. Thank God we got Jason Peters back. Number three, black people being killed by the police and getting mixed mixed examples. So right down the street, Southern and Branch, literally five minutes away from me, you had this episode where there's a car crash and someone pulls out a gun. By the grace of God, off-duty police officer comes out with his gun told the guy to get on the ground, wrestled and and told him to put the gun down. He put the gun down, he wrestled him. The other other people around were wrestling him and we got that under control. Police came, done. See, that's the good police can do in the community. That's an example of them doing good. And then they take two steps back when the kid Dion K 18 got shot in Southeast, a little bit further away down Southeast, a little further down, a little further down Alabama Avenue. He got shot. He was running. He was trying to run from the police, tossed his gun, got shot in the chest. There's split opinions on it, and I feel like I'm being pulled in different directions. You got my cousin saying he ain't surprised. There have been killings by the police in D.C., and the Washington Post definitely said, um, like, one person a year gets killed by the D.C. police. So I'm like, man. I know that's infinitely small amount of people, but it just shouldn't be happening. So you... See, that's why... That's why you can't make generalizations. You got one example of the police doing great, and then one example of the police just being awful you just can't you just can't make generalizations so number two people asking me for money and favors it's getting out of hand i'm like these people got a lot of nerve when they barely talk to me and i don't really trust them like we cool but damn bro you keep asking me for money and stuff and and rides and stuff man it's just i don't mind doing it sometimes but y'all just y'all just going overboard like, I got to start tightening up on people. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm nice, but y'all just pushing it. Number one, uh, the Nats losing. Nats Twitter backfired. The Nats keep losing. They're already down 1-0. They're real close to losing seven in a row. Nats Twitter 
says some shit like beating Philadelphia isn't is is easier than Philadelphians say it is. And they put up a stat where we lead the season series ever since 2012 or something. Cool. But in 2020, you're getting your butt whooped because you have lost, including the scrimmages, you have lost. You have lost all seven games to the Philly. And now they're throwing that comment back in our face and they are destroying us on Twitter. It's done. It's to the point where I got to ignore Philly fans because they're going to give it to us till they feel like stopping. They're going to give it to us until we beat them again. The only comeback we have is that we have the, the championship trophy. We got the latest World Series trophy. And we got some injuries. That's it. That's the only comeback we have. Other than that, they've been tearing us up. It's annoying that they got the bragging rights like this and they've already clinched the season series. Oh, Lord. I can't hate the Phillies. It's just the Nats are being annoying and losing all these games. Oh, so I guess that's it for top and bottom five. Now let's go through the Crush's power rankings real quick. Honorable mention, Ariel Powers, Tommy Lauren, Mona Lisa Candy on Instagram, Issa Rae. Number 10, Rachel Nichols. Number 9, Dez from Bring the Mio. Number 8, Neely Jackson. Number 7, Sammy from Bring the Mio. Number 6, Chine Agumake. Number 5, Cezanne de Puerto Rico from Instagram. Number 4, Sammy O2K from Instagram. Uh, number 3, Joy Taylor. Number 2, Shady Shana Ray from Instagram. And number one, Feminista Jones. She's amazing. She was number two in the last Crushers poll. Now she's number one. There were threats to her number one spot, but she's just too awesome. And she's tall and she's thick. Like, I I really like Feminista Jones. (laughs) Even though she's like 13 years older than me. So we're, yeah, so we're, we're done with that. Now we got to get to the hypothetical game of the episode. And this was a makeshift last minute one, I must admit, because I didn't prepare enough in time for the meme card battle between uh, Chang C and Frederick Douglass. But hopefully I'll have that next week. I wanted to use what if sports for 84 Georgetown versus 97 Arizona. Couldn't do that. So now we're left with. 2012 Vikings versus 2020 Washington sitcom, Washington football team. So I I picked this because, you know, being mad that Adrian Peterson got cut. So I had to unleash the wrath of Adrian Peterson's 2012 team when he was the MVP. I had to unleash Super Saiyan 2,000-yard Adrian Peterson on these pathetic Redskins. I mean, not Redskins, Washington football team. But to my surprise, the Washington football team was up to the challenge. So here's how it went. To start off the game, Jeremy Sprinkle caught a 38-yard touchdown pass from Dwayne Haskins. Off the bat, first play of the first drive of the game, 
they three plays dink and donk they get down they get down to the um 38 yard line they score seven nothing washington sitcom the two teams trade field goals and then once again the washington football team with another good drive and then they run a reverse end around to steven sims he jukes past two people and he we bobs and weaves and scores a 29-yard touchdown, and now a 17-3 pathetic Washington sitcom. I'm shocked. I'm surprised Adrian Peterson isn't dominating, and it's 17-3. Mind you, this game is at FedEx Field. Maybe I should have made it a maybe I should have made it a um, neutral site game, but here we are. So back to the game. Steven Sims again tortures the Vikings. This time, he catches a dig route and sprints past the safety for a 47-yard touchdown. It is now 24-3, Washington football team. But the the Vikings will not go away. They kick a field goal, and then Toby Gearhart scores from six yards out to make it 24-13, Washington football team. It looks like the Vikings going to come back. Because Dwayne Haskins gets hurt on a sack, which brings in Alex Smith finally makes his debut after all that adversity, after all that pain, after all that, after all them life threats, after all them surgeries, he's back. And he comes into the game, throws three completions, and then he throws a 62-yard touchdown pass to Richard Rodgers, which pretty much seals the game. They're up 31-13. Uh, late touchdown from Christian Ponder. It doesn't matter. And the Washington football team wins 37-19. Adrian Peterson held the 21 carries, 84 yards. That's insane. He's supposed to have about 200, 300 yards on these guys. But then I got to remember him in FedEx field when he's not in a Redskins uniform or Washington uniform, doesn't usually bode well for him. I didn't think about that, but that's what happened. And Washington football team wins 37-19. Dwayne Haskins, eight for 23, 172 yards, two touchdowns. Alex Smith, four for four, 113 yards in the touchdown. Unbelievable, unbelievable game of the, uh, hypothetical game of the episode and next week hopefully we have that Yu-Gi-Oh meme trap card battle and we'll see what happens but for now i'm out peace thanks for listening to another episode of the goat level podcast make sure you share subscribe and get money